and welcome to the Abiding Together podcast. Abiding Together is a place where you can find connection, rest, and encouragement on your journey with Jesus Christ. My name is Sister Miriam James Heitland, and every week I'm joined by two of my dearest friends, Michelle Bensinger and Heather Kim. This podcast is born out of our friendship of sharing all kinds of things together, our walk with Christ, our insights, our joys, sorrows, tears, and laughter, and you are most welcome on the journey with us. So grab a cup of coffee, settle in, and welcome home. Hello and welcome to the Abiding Together podcast and welcome to our second episode on our Lenten book study, The Return of the Prodigal Son by Henry Nouwen. If you haven't started it yet, it is not too late. You are most welcome to jump in with us right now, right now, right now. So come along on the journey as we start to talk about uh, the son, the younger son leaving home and what that means for all of us. So before we start leaving home, we have to welcome home Heather and Michelle as usual. So Heather, you are in the midst of a massive project still, your little house there. How's it going? Yes. Speaking of home, I am desperately waiting to be welcomed into my new home. (laughs) (laughs) By the time this airs, I might be in there. It's like two weeks away from moving. Please God, if nothing goes wrong, that's what'll be happening. And I'm just so excited about it. I can't even. So excited. Oh, girl. Mm-hmm. The beauty, just the opportunities to live a different way. I'm so excited to gather people and just experience the beauty of that with our family. Mm. And we're moving with my parents, which I don't know if I've said that, but um, that's the plan. So my parents are moving with us and I'm super excited for that, just to have them around on a regular basis and for my kids to see them every day. And yeah, I can't wait for all yeah. that awaits. Yeah, super excited. Heather's been sending us sneak peek pictures of what it looks like as the process is going on. And it is quite lovely, my friend, quite Mm -hmm. lovely. And so all good. Those pictures are gorgeous. Can we just say that? Seriously, seriously. She got some serious rooms with some beautiful views. We're like, girl, get in there already. Get in there. Sister, how are you? You just got home last night. Girl, I got home last night. I late late last night. I'm I'm grateful I got one of the last flights. I got literally the last flight out to Corpus. So I'm so grateful. <laughs> I was like, I don't really care. I just I want to go home. <laughs> so yeah, I'm glad to be home. And I uh, was doing a really beautiful event, um, a couple events in Milwaukee, and uh, healing whole person and a reflection for seminarians and the priest on faculty there at St. Francis Seminary with a. Uh, John Paul II Healing Center, which was really, yeah, really wonderful and really beautiful. So it's always a great gift to be able to do that. Um, Yeah. So I was like, last night I was thinking, man, if I get stuck here, I'm going to have to text you guys and be like, I don't think I can record tomorrow, but here we are. (laughs) Oh, you're home. In like a half groggy state. I apologize for my lack of perkiness today. Oh, that's okay, baby. You've been traveling a lot. Just showing up. Just showing up, girls. I'm with you. That's all you can do. Yeah. I've been sleeping about three hours a night, so I am with you. There may not be full coherent sentences at this time, but our our listeners are like, what were they talking about? I have no idea what I have no idea what that episode was about. We have no idea. As you can see, dear listeners, I'm gonna have to be the strong one in this podcast because the two of them are falling (laughs) apart. That's it. Just kidding. I know. Seriously, what is the world coming to? Jesus, you're coming back soon, aren't you? Um, but I'm good. I am good. It's just been, it's been a, yeah, I was telling you before we record, it's been an interesting past week. Just a lot of refining, a lot of tears, um, but a lot of goodness out of that. Mm. And so I've been adulting like a champ 
through it, which girl, is really um, big of me. Good girl yeah. pants on. Oh, there you go. And so, mm-hmm. but last night was fun. I have two birthdays this week. Lily and Noah, two of my children, have birthdays this week. Yay. And then oh. Emily, that does life with us and works with us, also had a birthday. So we had a fun little family community celebration last night, including an avocado pinata, which so was fun. so fun. What? I saw it at Target. Yes, I'll have to send pictures. I saw this cute avocado pinata, and I was like, "Let's do that!" Like, like, and we laughed and carried on. Like, it was really good for all considered playing. Uh, you know, what is it? Pinata is that the name? What you call it? So, but it was so cute. And I mean, even I've never played uh, pinata before. And so, Sister Miriam, I will buy you a pinata when you get here. You hit it with a stick, Michelle. You know what the you know what our listeners want to know? What? Let me just tell you what everybody is thinking right at this very moment. Was the pin, was the avocado pinata full of avocados? <laughs> no. Can we just say that? It was not. It was full of candy, like what? Skittles and stuff like that. And Ew. you should have seen the young adult girls, like, as soon as that thing broke, they were like little scavengers. Not only the kids, but the <laughs> 20-somethings. The yeah. Like, like, like give you. us the goods. Come on. So, but it was so much fun. It was really good. And yeah, it was a good birthday little celebration. So, That's awesome. um, yeah, it was great. And you're also surrounded by people and we won't have to, we won't name names because we don't want to embarrass people, but you're surrounded by people who are all having twins. Can we just talk about that? Yes, we are. For a so second. yeah. Holy cow. Dear neighbors of ours are having twins and then cute couple that we mentored are having twins and they're both due um, at the same time. No way. And so it's just been a lot of celebration going on, which I love. Awesome. I love, love, love. Yeah. And so lots of life happening, which is always good. Yeah. Didn't you always want to be a twin? I always wanted to be a twin. Be no, fun? never wanted it. But anyway, that's okay. <laughs> Michelle's like, so I don't want anybody to steal my thunder. Uh-uh. <laughs> Whatever. Uh-uh. Heather, uh-uh. Heather, didn't you want to be? Did you ever want to be a twin? Yeah, I just wanted somebody to hang out with who like figure knew me. I didn't have to say it all. Or, like, I could play with all the time. You know, maybe it's the youngest thing. I don't know. <laughs> No, nope, never it. came into my thinking. Yeah, thank you very much. But okay. and therein lies one of the many differences, dear listeners. That's there you the difference go. Between the three of us, right? Now. <laughs> exactly. I grew up with my dad as a twin. Like I couldn't tell him apart. He and his brother—they're identical. I couldn't tell them apart when I was little, except by their watches. I had to tell them oh, to, apart really? from their wristwatches, and I just thought it was so interesting. But yeah, that desire never burned deep within my heart. I'm sorry, ladies. So yeah, <laughs> it'll be good. Well, so we're happy for we you. Digress. We digress. So the prodigal son. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Who's a twin, actually? That's a different that's a different, <laughs> that's a different version. <laughs> They're actually twins. The older one was born like four minutes earlier. Okay. So like, okay, there you go. <laughs> All right. So we're gonna talk, we're gonna go into our second episode on the return of the prodigal son, which talks about the younger son, and we know the story of the younger son leaving. And very interesting, maybe we could just chat about this for a second, dear ladies, was that the uh uh Henry Nowen talks actually before he begins the journey of the prodigal son, he talks about Rembrandt the artist of the painting, which is very beautiful because, you know, you can only, your art reveals your heart and Mm -hmm. you can only paint something that exquisite when you have really honestly suffered immensely. And what a lot of people don't know, and I can't remember if we said this last time, but this was Rembrandt's probably last painting before he passed away. And he painted it at a time of deep suffering. Um, He had lost his two of his children, uh, two or three probably of his children, uh, one of his, his wife had died and just really a lot of suffering in his life. He had filed bank for bankruptcy and just really a man who kind of at the end of everything that had a lot of accolades and a lot of renowned and a lot of innocence, earthly joy at the end of his life was, was left looking for home. And so I think we, to really 
paint something that beautiful, you have to, your heart has to be broken open. And so what we're gazing upon is not just a, you know, a painting of, of a parable, but really, uh, a revelation of the heart of an artist who is longing for home himself. And so really our, our guiding quote for the episode is, uh, going to be the one where Henry Nowen says, home is the center of my being where I can hear the voice that says, you are my beloved on you. My favor rests. So Heather, do you want to kind of open us up here about that particular quote and maybe just the, you know, the painting or just kind of as we journey into it's discussing today about the elder or the younger son leaving kind of what that holds for you? Yeah, I thought that was fascinating, just what you were saying and the reflections on that within the book about Rembrandt and his own life and how, yeah, like what, what comes in our own story. I'm a big believer about this, about what happens in our own story. God wants to do something magnificent with that to, to then speak to the hearts of other people. And so even in the midst of whatever was going on with Rembrandt and his brokenness, the beauty of this painting and what is articulated there with all of these colors and images spoke to the heart of Henry now and so deeply and thus is speaking to each of us, like how incredible this is the economy of God that he, he can use uh, every gift that we offer to him. And yeah, I mean, that image of the younger son being held by the father is so incredibly um, inviting, you know, I think when each of us take time to ponder that, does it not resonate deep in our heart, our own longing for home? And that we, mm -hmm. we often feel very distant from that place. And I know I, I don't think about that often enough that I'm made for heaven and heaven is my home and, and this isn't, and I'm not there yet. And there's a lot of things that are going to be unresolved until that time. Um, and at the same time, it's an incredible hope and joy that we can hold. What about you, Michelle? Yeah, I love it's that um, out of deep pain came immense beauty. You know, out of his deep pain, he was able to channel this amazing beauty and this amazing portrayal of a, the story, the parable in scriptures. But when you look at that painting, it makes scripture come alive. You know, it makes you ponder it and it makes you wonder. And um, just his approach, the tenderness of his approach, you know, to the, especially the father and the younger son in this embrace was amazing, you know, um, like I thought just, wow, like it made me look at it, but to be able to create that kind of art that touches people's hearts, that makes them ponder, makes them wonder the mysteries of God. What a gift, you know, mm -hmm. what a gift that you're able to express the longing and the ache of your heart in such a tangible form. You know, I was like, man, sure. I wish I could paint like, you know, Rembrandt, but I was thinking mm -hmm. about it because I really feel like art is the work of our hands, that the Lord invites us, each one of us to have this beautiful art with our life because um, mm -hmm. something tangible, the work of our hands, to express our longing for home. You know, like what are the things that allow us to long for home? But I was even thinking about the whole sense of homecoming, you know, that what it is, you know, like rejecting home and then coming home. Like, do I really long for home? Like you said, Heather, like, do I really ache for it? Do I really think about, you know, heaven as my home? Like you were um, saying, Heather, like, is that the ache and the cry of my heart? Or am I just going through the day-to-day -day motions? You know, um, yeah, so it was interesting, like the whole chapter, I was really trying to put myself in the position of the younger son and say, okay, how, how have I left home? You know, where have I gone off searching for distant countries? What voices do I listen to? You know, all the just different themes that come up in the next um, little bit about the younger son. So yeah, mm -hmm. I just loved it. It was really great. 
I love um, mm-hmm. just like as he's beginning to explore the younger son and what it means to leave home. He says, only when I have the courage to explore in depth what it means to leave home, can I come to a true understanding of the return. And I think for many of us, we don't, we don't take mm. time to go there. You know, like I think we split into a couple different categories. Either we think so highly of ourselves that we can't see how far we've wandered. We, we dismiss all of the little ways that we're wandering, which actually evolves into, you know, an, an incredible distance often from the heart of the father and God's mercy. So we don't really have any need of God's mercy because we don't want to be really, really honest, or we haven't grown in self-awareness enough to see how far we've wandered or we're so aware of our wanderings that we don't feel worthy enough to return to the father, you know? So I think there's very few of us that actually, um, come to a place of returning home truly Mm. experiencing the joy of being the beloved. Oh yeah. What, What are some of your thoughts, sister? Yeah, there's so many, there's so many beautiful facets to this story and even to the painting, you know, I was just thinking of the painting of an artist will often hide things in the painting and it takes a very astute art historian, many, often many art historians over many, many years to discover all the treasures and you, and even then all of them are never plumbed, you know, the treasures mm-hmm. of that's what's hidden in the art and the, the, yeah, those realities of, you know, the sun coming home after leaving and, I just, yeah, it's just the perpetual, that is the perpetual story really of the going out and the coming back and the going out and the coming back and where everything looks better. You know, the proverbial saying that the grass is always greener on the other side and the things that pull us out of home, the things that tell us stories that aren't true. I I just, you just see those so often in my own heart that, you know, the whisper that says life is going to be better over there, or you won't be happy until you have this, or if somebody else has this, then you can't have that. And it just when we listen to those voices and just, I was very struck recently kind of, I was one of on my retreat. I think I mentioned Chicago that the, the priest really encouraged me to be very attentive to, I think we talked about this even like what, what voice am I listening to? You know what, to really say, Hey, Hey, wait a second. I was just listening to a podcast the other day that said we have 50,000 thought fragments that go through our mind every day, 50,000. And you know, they come in different ways and like what voice you know, what voice am I listening to? And the the home is the place where we rest, where we're safe and how, just how difficult. And it's so, I, it's just, I find the endlessly mysterious, the difficulty of just surrendering and being at rest. It's mm-hmm. so interesting how difficult that is. And to lean into the objective truth of who I am as a daughter of God. It's just, it's, it's objectively true. It's eternally true, but in all the facets of my own brokenness and my own trajectories of wandering off, how difficult it is to come home and just to rest there and just to be, just to be, it's just funny. I was just mm-hmm. noticing that myself today. So yeah, certainly that reality of belovedness comes from our, uh, our baptism. It's indelibly marked within us. That's an objective truth, whether I feel it or not. You know, Father Justin talked a lot about that. And so what is, yeah, what is what are the voices that I'm hearing that are calling me to a quote unquote distant country where there's the, uh, an illusory promise that life will be better, right? Life will be better someplace else. Oh, and I think to myself, like, where do I put myself in the position to hear the voice of the beloved? Mm-hmm. You know, it says, mm-hmm. you know, you're my beloved on my favor rest, and that's where you feel like you're home. But 
uh, am I too distracted with the other voices? Like, are they yeah. much louder than the other ones? Like, how do I tune those out and really get in sync with the voice of the Father? But I think mm-hmm. it's creating space. I think it's creating space in my own heart, creating space in my schedule to hear this voice, to hear the Lord call me the beloved. You know, um, like I was referencing at the very beginning, like this past week was just a week just full of like challenges, but it wasn't yeah. anything that was bad, but it was a lot of refinement and mm-hmm. how quickly it is so easy to go to the other voices. And I was like constantly, like it was becoming like a discipline, you know, to um, bring myself back to the voice of the father. Like what would the father say about this position? I mean, this situation, what is the father saying about this? What is truth? And I mean, it was like a discipline I had to go back to over and over again, because I felt like just negativity was swirling around me and it was really easy to go into despair. And I was like, no. And I was really proud. Like, um, I, not in a prideful way, but I'm like, okay, like, because they're almost like muscles, like they had gotten stronger, you know, nope, going back to truth. Nope. This is who the father is. Nope. This is what he says. Like, but it's like, Mm -hmm. I could feel like the more you do it, it's a discipline. And I can feel those, you know, muscles getting stronger, attuning my ear to the voice of the father, like, you know, making sure I can able to hear him, you know, and be close to him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What were we going to say, Heather? Mm -hmm. Yeah. We've talked about these, um, these themes before of like truly living as a beloved child of God or living mm-hmm. as an orphan. And, and for most of us, we do live as orphans. You know, we, we constantly throughout our day are not resting within that embrace of the father where we know deep, deep, deep in our bones that we are loved, known, seen, and we are a child of God. And that many of the things that are happening in our day-to-day life don't actually really matter. Uh, But because we're not resting there, because we are acting like as if we are an orphan without a a trustworthy father who who is taking care of everything and who loves us incredibly, we are hustling Mm -hmm. for it. You know, we are going after it ourselves. We are very much the younger son saying, I'm going to, I'm going to figure it out on my own because I don't need you. And, you know, or sorry, Henry now points that out that the younger son basically is saying to the father, I don't need you anymore. You're dead to me. I wish you were dead. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I wish you were dead. I don't need you. I don't need to be your son and you don't need to be my father anymore. I'm going to figure it out on my own Mm -hmm. and I have a better life that I can Mm -hmm. make for myself. And oh, so often, so often do we do this, you know? And I think for me, I don't want to think mm-hmm. about that. I want to think about what I am doing right. Hey, I went to church on Sunday <laughs> to help this person. I do this ministry. Hey, I have a podcast, you know, whatever <laughs> it might be that, that we're like, we hang our hat on is like, Hey, I'm doing the right thing. Um, but ultimately every day, you know, I'm going sideways a whole bunch of times throughout my day where my heart is longing oh. to be seen by, by someone other than the father, or I'm desperately searching for acceptance, love, you know, whatever it might be. Um, in ways that cannot satisfy. Oh, girl, that's a good word. And I, it, under the section, Deaf to the Voice of Love, there's a couple quotes there, but one of them is really what you're saying. And uh, Henry now is talking about Jesus, how Satan tempts Jesus after after the Father calls him the Beloved. Satan tempts him and tells him he has to, tr- you know, that he has to prove or he has to um, to earn love. And and then Henry Nowen goes on to say this. He said, those same voices are not unfamiliar to me. They're always, they are always there and they will always reach into those inner places where I question my own goodness and doubt my self-worth. They suggest that I'm not going to be loved without my having earned it through determined efforts and hard work. They want me to prove myself and others that I'm worth being loved. And they keep pushing me to do everything possible to gain acceptance. They deny loudly that love is a totally free gift and I leave home Every time I lose faith in the voice that calls me the beloved 
and follow the voices that offer a great variety of ways to win the love I so much desire. (laughs) Amen. And we'll just stop Uh, the podcast right here. Thank you for joining us, people. All right, so. (laughs) We're going to just go into repentance for a few (laughs) But is that not so true? Like, even the earning, I was just listening to a podcast on um, the restoration of the women, of femininity, and it just talked so much about that, of how, you know, just we as women, uh, just even how we we view our bodies, how we experience being embodied, and, and like the shame that goes along with that, and how we feel like we have to earn love from other people or prove somehow we're worthy. And it was just resonated so deeply, and we just see all these snares within our own lives versus the way that God has made us, and he's calling us for restoration and healing and home. And it's his heart, and it's his face where we find home. We will find it not even in the best other relationship on earth. We'll never find the fulfillment of it in any place else other than, than God himself, you know? Mm. Oh, absolutely. And I think it's coming into tune with like, okay, that voice of the beloved, who am I? You know, like who truly I am? I love when he talks about, um, you know, where he says the voice of the beloved, it is a never interrupted voice of love speaking from eternity and giving life and love whenever it is heard. When I hear that voice, I know that I'm home with God and have nothing Mm. to fear. And I love that whole litany says, as the beloved of my heavenly father, I can walk in the valley of darkness. No evil would I I fear. As the beloved, I can cure the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lippers, cast out devils. Having received without charge, I can give without charge. As the beloved, I can confront, console, admonish, and encourage without fear or rejection or need for affirmation. As the beloved, I can suffer persecution without desire for revenge and receive praise without using it as proof of my goodness. As the beloved, I can be tortured and killed without even having the doubt that the love that is given to me is stronger than death. And as the beloved, I'm free to live and give life, free also to die while giving life. And I'm just like, oh, that whole part just like gutted me, you know? And so like, I was just trying to think, okay, like one of the things that we want to do with the podcast, but even like people that we um, disciple is, okay, like go deeper, like just don't read these words, go deeper. Like, so for me, like I even wrote in my journal as the beloved you know, I don't have to earn my worth. I can just be, and you will still love me as the beloved. I don't have to. I just wrote my own litany, you know, as the beloved, I know Mm. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living as the beloved. Even if this doesn't happen, I know you are still good, you know? So what are those things in our life that we can like create our own litany of the beloved, you know, Mm. as the beloved, this is what's going to happen, you know, and um, just really leaning into that. So what does his voice sound? like. And I love when he was talking about his his voice doesn't um, impose. And we've talked about that a couple times on the podcast. His voice is tender and Mm. affirming. And but yet it's a strong voice because it is a voice of love, you know, but it all encompasses you. Mm. So like just leaning in deeper, I'm like totally preaching to myself, like, let's continue to write that litany, like really sit with that, Mm -hmm. go deeper into that and let it penetrate our hearts. So it does bring lasting change in our everyday lives. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. Mm -hmm. What a great idea. And I think these have to move from ideas to realities. Absolutely. You know, like to not just be ideas rolling around in our mind, but, but deep realities within our own hearts, Mm -hmm. because we, we are disintegrated. You know, I love, I so appreciate Nowen's honesty and his vulnerability about his brokenness and his weakness. He articulates several times. I I just had to stop and go, whoa, 
He's just being so honest yeah. and it was so beautiful because I can relate to everything that yes. he's saying. You know, it's only through his vulnerability that it was revealing parts of my own heart to myself that I was like, oh my gosh, I know that place. I've felt that place too mm-hmm. before. And I was, I was just so grateful to him. And so Michelle, just as he's saying like all, that whole litany of things of what it's like to be the beloved, which he believes and he's living into in certain parts of his life. There's this other part where he says, he's talking about his lack of faith. And he says, all of these mental games reveal to me the fragility Uh of my faith that I'm the beloved one on whom God's favor rests. I'm so afraid of being disliked, blamed, put aside, passed over, ignored, persecuted, and killed that I'm constantly developing strategies to defend myself and thereby assure myself of the love that I think I need and deserve. And in so doing, I move far away from my father's home and I choose to dwell in a distant Mm. country. Like there are places in our hearts where we know and are accepting the love of God, you know, where God has broken through our darkness and where we've welcomed his light there. And yet there are so many places that are in a distant country right now, you know, and what are we going to do about those places? Mm -hmm. And, and how are we going to let the light of Jesus and the welcoming arms of the Father take us home there. Mm-hmm. Well, and this, tr- uh, yeah, it's so true. And I think the opposite of that is, you know, understanding kind of like where we, yeah, where those places are in our hearts. And he later on the, and under the um, section that says searching where it cannot be found, he says, I am the prodigal son every time I search for unconditional love where it cannot be found. And Michelle, in our show notes, you had mentioned, or in our personal notes, you'd mentioned, you know, kind of like the antithesis of I'm the beloved, you know, this is true. Like that's the other side of how do I know, how do I know those areas of my heart that need to be brought home is if you could do the inverse of that and say, for the example, like you gave Michelle, like, I love you if what, you know, I love you if you're pretty, I love you if you're intelligent, I love you if you have it all together and look like it takes no effort having it all together. You know, I love you if, and those each of us have, as a people, we have general, you know, ones, but we, each of us have certain nuances that, that really speak to parts of our story where home, you know, mm-hmm. wasn't offered or where love has been broken or that we have bought into lies about what it means to have value or worth or, you know, all of us, I, I mean, I, all of us, myself included, have done things just out of fear, like out of fear, like, you know, now I'm saying, cause I don't want to be disliked. I don't want to be forgotten. I don't want. And so even as adults, as adults, you know, where we still do these things, it's like, I love you. If you know this, if you're convenient, I love you. If, and so just to understanding, understanding the heart and then creating the novena of like, Lord, where do I like today, Lord, this Lent, where do I need you to speak into that? Like, where is the, the part of my life where I'm still striving, where I'm still, living out of fear where I'm still, you know, I can say these things intellectually, but the truth has not penetrated my heart. Like what's the pain behind that? What's the self-defense? What's the self-protection behind that? That keeps the truth from penetrating in the, in the garden of my soul. You know, so it's true. Like, do Mm. we not, gosh, that line pierces me every time I search for unconditional love where it cannot be found. And do we not take that and shop that all around many times, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Amen. And I think there is something about it. I was talking to uh, two young adult women this past week, and they were talking about they feel like they're uh, just the season they're in is just a hard season. And they, especially with the socio- social media culture, you know, they were thinking, like, I want to do this, but I'm not seen or do this, I'm not seen. And then I was talking to a young mom, and she just felt like her whole life was hidden. And I just said, hidden is not being is not the same as being ignored. 
You know, Mm. the Lord still Mm -hmm. sees you and he knows you and you are maybe hidden for a season, but you're hidden under the shadow of his wing. You're hidden where you're lying on his Mm -hmm. breast, listening to his heartbeat. And those hidden seasons are a season of beauty. Don't forget that. Like, and I was really thinking about it. Like we each have to have those hidden times with the Lord every day. Like we each have to have those intimate Mm -hmm. secret places with the Lord where you get to really know him. Because when you have those hidden times, that is when you are lying on like the father's chest, lie, you know, and you hear his heartbeat and your heart gets aligned with his heart. And then you know what it sounds like and your life goes to that rhythm. But when we're not hidden, you know, and we feel like we're all out there, that's usually when we're hustling, you know, like, you know, like when, when we feel like we have to earn or we have to do all these things to receive love, like, you know, right, this is not the heart of the father for me, you know, like if I do this and I, you know, I think like even this past week, one of the things I was discovering, like it all depends, like one of the biggest lies I tell myself, it all depends on me. It all depends on me. Mm -hmm. I have to keep all the plates Mm -hmm. going. And if I don't do it, they're all going to fall down. I mean, I've said it before on the podcast. I'm like, okay, when does this lie become truth? And how do you get off this train? You know, like when does that, you know, do it? And so I've just been praying about how to go deeper. You know, the Lord's like, "Um, when you surrender Mm -hmm. it, girl, like when you surrender it. Uh, um, (laughs) This isn't rocket science, you know, like, come on. This isn't your first rodeo. But it's just such a beautiful thing. But like, okay, this isn't truth. You know, he is sovereign. I have to surrender. Let's keep on moving. What is he saying about this situation? And be quiet and respond and listen to him to respond to our hearts. Hmm. I was thinking about the, I mean, this isn't really totally in line with what, with our topic today. Oh, you go right ahead, girl. You just go right ahead. But yeah, I was, I was thinking about the hidden life, you know, the other day and I was thinking about a time, it was like almost a decade where I was just like very much feeling, yeah, the, the hidden life. And, and I realized the other day, one thing, one beautiful thing that was born out of that time was a heart for God's Mm. people. I remember just being so moved to tears many, many days, just interceding and praying for, for people to come to know Jesus. There's always good things to be born in the times that are hidden that God will use later on. You know, it's what fuels what I do now is my heart for God's people. So don't dismiss the mm-hmm. hidden life. But I think for, for many of us, as we talk about like the, the whole theme of the younger son, we, need, we really need to ask the question, like, do we want it? Do we want to live as a beloved mm-hmm. one? Or do we, do we somehow like, you know, just sort of be in the wayward son because it requires less. Mm. It's easier in some ways. I mean, it's more painful, mm-hmm. but easier. It, ta- it takes, it's hard. It's hard to choose the it right is, thing. Yeah. It's hard to choose home. It's, it's hard to, to choose yep. the father because it requires us to change how we live. It requires us not to be relating in unhealthy ways and, and not to be self-serving and, and allow God to actually heal the broken places. And that's messy work. We have all been in that for, for many years for ourselves. It's incredibly messy, incredibly painful. Um, and I think where the enemy deceives us is that somehow it's easier to just stay far away, mm-hmm. that it's somehow better, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and it's a trick because although it's painful, the coming into healing and, and coming into our, our really understanding ourselves as a child of God on a deep level, there's freedom to be oh. found. Mm-hmm. It's not just hard. Mm-hmm. There is freedom Amen. that comes and beauty that mm-hmm. comes 
Um, but the enemy would like us to just stay mm-hmm. far away. Okay. And let's be honest, like let's all of us, uh, you know, the majority of us will spend our life, you know, camped out on the corner of orphan and beloved, and we can't decide which land we want to be in. Mm-hmm. You know, we're right there. Mm-hmm. And like, we're just, you know, having our little lawn chair parked off on the corner. And the Lord's like, you have a promised land, you know, a land filled with milk and honey. Mm-hmm. Not that there won't be hardships and you have to fight giants and things like that, but I have something more for you. So I think like, even for me, mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? Like this Lent is such, um, the Lord is sending an invitation. Like he's inviting us home, but he's sending an invitation to say, hey, baby, stop camping out on this corner and come into the land that I've created you. Come into the home that I have for you. You know, and we've said it before on the podcast, mm-hmm. but the Lord always has more for us. We cannot exhaust his love. We cannot exhaust his mercy. Yep. We cannot exhaust knowing him to the fullness and knowing ourselves even better. So like with that invitation, he is sending each and every one of us this Lent saying, come home. Stop camping out and come home to where you belong. I'm here waiting for you, you know, and Mm -hmm. that is the goodness of the Mm -hmm. Father. Well, and amen. And that's a choice that we make, like Henry Nowen is saying, that or all, you know, both of the sons within us, you know, all that's within us, it's that, that's, it's a day to day choice. Amen. And it's never one, we wish it would be like once for all, (laughs) but it's not. This side of heaven is the continual choice that we have at every moment of every day of, you know, how am I going to live? Like, like, like uh, Father Justin says, you know, the, really the question we ask ourselves is not why is this happening to me, but how will I respond now? Mm-hmm. How will I respond now? And if I, if I could just say something, we're almost at the end of our time here, but I just want to say something, speaking of what you all were saying about the hidden life. And, I, you know, I, I really honestly have to say, I hope that part of my life is always hidden. I hope it's never, I hope it is never out mm-hmm. there. I hope that all there is part of my life that is always hidden in the Lord. That's just reserved for him alone. And it's home. You know, I, I, Mm. and I, that's, that's the continual intimacy with him. And I, if you look at the painting very closely, you'll notice that the prodigal son, as he kneels into the, 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 the torso of the father, into the stomach of the father, his face is hidden. And it's really beautiful, actually, that Henry Nouwen has a reflection on um, towards the end about he, he always thought, you know, he saw the shaved head of the sun, which is a great disgrace to to be a man and have your head shaved at that time. But he said he was he was looking at the painting with a young woman who pointed out that actually that the sun looks like a newborn baby. Mm. and the mm, face is dewy mm-hmm. like a newborn baby and like it just the head is kind of dewy and he just thought of how God receives us and, and the way that Henry Nouwen painted the hands on as the father's hands on the son are actually two different hands one is masculine that's blessing his shoulder and the hand that's right over his heart is more feminine and that's on purpose so it's representing the, the, the maternity and the paternity of God and as we know that Jesus Christ is a man but we know that God the Father is now male, male nor female God the Father re- reveals himself as a father as a creator of all mm. but because man and woman are made in his image and likeness God embodies the perfection of both and so it's the tenderness of the he talks about the womb of God which is so incredibly gorgeous of bringing us back into safety like where Mary brought Jesus into safety into the womb so we can be recreated anew and that's the whole point Oh, that's beautiful. Mm. And that, I think, piggyback on that, that hidden place where you look at the painting and he has his left foot is barefoot, you know, Mm -hmm. like because he's on holy grounds. That time Mm -hmm. where you are buried in the Father's embrace, that is holy grounds. That is precious. You know, it Mm -hmm. is the really hidden place. And I think it's. Uh, it, it's a desire of all of us to be hidden in the Father, where there's just that spot where He has your heart, and you have His, and mm-hmm. that is that is the holy ground spot that we're all being invited yeah. to, and it is sacred. Mm-hmm. And let's take mm-hmm. Him up on that invitation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the Father is okay with the oh, messiness gosh. of the Son. 
you know, the son has fallen apart there and the father just wraps him up in his love. So amen, ladies. Mm, That's so true. Well, gosh, this is a rich conversation that we just hope, dear listeners, that it's something that you continue just to ponder this week, especially in your own journey and with your small groups or whoever you're making this journey with. But even with yourself, before the Lord, of course, first and foremost, especially of of just the places where where have you astray, go astray from home? Like where do you camp out on the on the corner of orphan? <laughs> you know, what are the places that what are the the voices that have whispered over and over again your whole life that life is better someplace else, or you'll be loved if you A, B, or C? And many times we think, well, I have evidence to prove that. People have said, look, I don't love you because blah blah blah. But God never says that. That's not His voice. So what are the areas of our life this week where we have strayed, where we have turned away, and we have sought uh, unconditional love in places it can never be found, and we turned our back on our father. And so he's inviting us to come home, right? To come home and rest our head on his heart so he can bring us into newness of life. And that happens at every moment of every day. So Mm. yeah. Ladies, anything before we jump into our one thing? Yeah. I just want to take a moment just to pray for a second, just for those places in us. So in the name of the father and the son and the Holy spirit, amen. Lord, we just thank you for your generous mercy. And I just pray for all of us, all of us listening as well, that you would just bring home all of the orphan places of our heart, the places where we've been living in a distant country, God, that you would give us the faith and trust in your incredible love and mercy, and that you would enlighten the way back home to you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Oh. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. yeah, so I'm dying to know what y'all's one thing is. For those of you who are new listeners, at the end of every podcast, we do our one thing, which is just one thing we love. It can be music or food or a book or something spiritual or something definitely not spiritual. Um, so, Michelle, what's your one thing? My one thing is actually a great Catholic podcast called Ruha Storytellers, and they're doing a Lenten series mm. with all these different women telling their stories. And I think cool. there's nothing more powerful than listening to other people's stories and the power. And um, Jillian, the whole group that is running it is just really amazing. And I was actually supposed to help with it, but my schedule did not allow it. But I am just such a big fan of what they're doing and um, really just encouraging women to tell their stories and become storytellers, which I just love. So I'll link that podcast here. What about you, sister? Great. Um, My one thing is a woman and her name is Joan of Arc. Can we just talk about her for a second? Okay. That girl is stalking me right now. (laughs) 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 So I just, I just had to pay attention when I, within one week had probably at least three, if not four different people all send me something about Joan of Arc and two of them arrived at the exact same time on my desk. I'm like, all right, Lord, what are you, what are you trying to tell me? You know? And I was just thinking of this courageous young woman who, you know, who brought her femininity into, you know, a dark place into really the land of men and and brought her courage and her strength and her fortitude and her maternal heart for the freedom of the people and led a, and led a nation. And so, I don't know, I've just been praying about that. And I have, uh, the, I got the medallion, the, the Joan of Arc medallion from the Little Catholic, the, our sponsor for one of our episodes, and then the card that somebody sent me with Joan of Arc on it. I'm like, all right, what are you saying to me? Like, you're tell- you're clearly trying to tell me something, so what is that? But I I just love examples like that of just really courageous women who gave their life for Christ and, and the truth, and, and they went into, you know, into lands that uncharted territory, and they did that, and I, I just find that really inspiring. So, Joan of Arc, mm. you're my girl. Mm. You're my one thing, girl. 
That's mm-hmm. awesome. I love her. Mm-hmm. Well, my one thing this week is our patrons, those who are financially supporting us um, oh, yes. on our Patreon website. I just want to say thank you so much for your generosity. Um, mm-hmm. We've been able to hire a couple of people to help us out, and that has been a huge relief to us, and we're so grateful um, for all the support that you offer to us. And I also want to give a shout out to all our listeners in various countries because this is pretty amazing. We just hit number one in Austria the other day on just uh, podcast charts. And Mm. we've been in the top 50 in Egypt, Singapore, Guatemala, Slovakia, Iceland, and of course, Canada and the United States. We just want to say thank you to everybody who's listening and spreading the word about the podcast. Um, You're important to us in all Mm. these places in the world. And we see you and we hear you and we are grateful that you are on the journey with us. Yeah, yeah. Thank you to all of our listeners. Here, we couldn't couldn't make this journey without you. So, well, dear listeners, you are loved, and the Father is calling you home. So, as we open our hearts this week and this week of Lent, let's hear His gentle voice call us back to the place where we belong, and that's His heart. So, until next week, we will be abiding together. God bless you. Thank you so much for joining us. If our podcast has blessed you, would you please consider financially supporting Abiding Together via Patreon? Patreon is a website where people can make donations to help keep the podcast going. And now that we at Abiding Together have an independent platform, we have a number of costs that go into creating the podcast and the high quality content we offer, such as our website, design, tech support, staff, and other elements. Having an independent platform also allows us to explore and create new content for all of our listeners to enjoy. So thank you so much to all of you who are already donors. When you donate through our page on Patreon, you are able to donate any amount, $1 a month, $5 a month, $500 a month, or just a one-time offering. Abiding Together is a registered 501c3 nonprofit organization and donations are tax deductible. So would you please prayerfully consider giving to Abiding Together? If you donate $15 or more per month, you become a tribe member and you will receive a short individual video from Michelle, Heather, and I each month about a variety of topics. You can see all of the information on our Patreon page, which is patreon.com forward slash abiding together podcast. So consider becoming a supporting member today and help us further the work of the Holy Spirit moving in and through this community. Together, we can do amazing things. We are so grateful for your support and may God bless you. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you liked it, would you please share it with a friend? Could you also leave us a rating and a review on iTunes? That helps us get the message out to as many people as possible. All the show notes are in your podcast app, but if you'd like them emailed to you, you can go to our website at abidingtogetherpodcast.com and subscribe. On our website, you will also find all of our past episodes and information about various episodes. You can also join our private Facebook group and get in on the discussion and all the beautiful things that are happening there. We are so glad that you are on the journey with us. And until next week, we'll be abiding together. God bless you.